0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to those who are joining us in the sanctuary and online today. Today, we're finishing our sermon series called Seasons, intentionally remembering the ways that we grow in relationship with the Lord can change in different seasons of life. And today's season is what's often called the second half life in the season of retirement. And I realize not many of us will get to be retired for half of our lives. Some of you might retire at 50, live to 100, it's been done before, but many of us won't. So the second half that I'm talking about isn't necessarily a numerical half, but for the people of God, this season brings with it an opportunity for life to change and focus from a life centered on personal productivity to a life centered on eternal kingdom purpose. Now, obviously, since standing up here talking about this is my job, I'm not in this season of retirement myself, but through my 20 years as a pastor, I've had many conversations with faithful followers of Jesus who've shared with me both the joys and the struggles of this particular transition. And the truth is, for many stages of life, expectations can be somewhat clear. You go to school, maybe college, to prepare for a job or a career. You work, you build up your independence, maybe at some point marriage or having kids, but no matter what course you follow, you find your identity in life through different forms of your own personal productivity, like acing the test at school or making the team or getting the job or the promotion, being a parent to your kids. You walk through life growing professionally or growing families, walking alongside the needs of others for whom you're responsible. And then comes a day when all those things that used to form your identity seem to change all at once. Work, your professional identity as you knew it, is over. Work is no longer who you are. And maybe your kids are grown and living their own lives, and parent is no longer the day-to-day definition of your identity in the way that it had been before. Maybe your health situation has changed and the hobbies and the passions that used to define your understanding of who you are are no longer physically possible for you. And suddenly, looking at the second half of life, to your surprise, you find yourself back wrestling with the exact same questions you were asking yourself in your teen years and your young adult years. Who am I? Who do I want to be? Who will I become? Those questions of purpose and identity that you probably were too busy to spend much time thinking about in the previous few decades, are now back with a vengeance. And honestly, those kind of questions of identity never fully go away because they're just part of being a human being. But there are seasons in life where they definitely take the center stage. And through the teenage and young adult years, these questions are profoundly important. And if you're in the retirement stage, you know that because you've been there. Whatever it is that you came to believe was most important for who you were and who you wanted to be at that time ended up shaping the choices that led to who you are now. And it's easy to look back at those days with rose-colored glasses and think, wow, when I was that age, anything was possible. I had the world at my feet. But if you would ask anyone who is in that stage right now, you're going to get a very different picture. Teenage and young adults wrestle today with these decisions and discernment about who they are and who they will be while they're under crushing loads of expectation about their achievement and their performance. They feel constantly tested, judged, and held up to ever-changing standards to try to categorize their earthly value as up-and-coming adults in the world. And those expectations can be pretty heavy to carry around as they try to figure out who they are And what their God-given purpose in this life might be. But the truth is, throughout life, God shows us many different purposes for us to live into. And while our purpose may and probably will change in different seasons of life, our eternal value does not Our value, our worth, our importance, our status in his kingdom isn't tentative or fragile, and it's not dependent on the quality of our productivity or our performance. Jesus died to give you your status, because that's how important you are for eternity. Who you are, who you will always be in this kingdom, is the one he died to save. The one who is worth the ransom of the life of the Son of God. The one who Jesus promises, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And when you know that, when you trust that is who you are because of Jesus' unshakable love for you, because of his action for you, suddenly life's choices become a lot less frightening. (laughs) It is important to discern who you are and who you want to be, to know what's important in life, because that does shape what you pursue and the direction in which you grow and develop as a disciple. But most decisions that we make are not in themselves the factors that will determine who we are, but the vehicle through which the Lord will meet us and teach us as we look to Him. Because discipleship is a lifelong journey that you take with Jesus. So what that means is, not all of life's mysteries need to be solved by you before you decide on a college (laughs) or a career. That who you are, your purposes in life are things the Lord will show you as you walk with him through your life experiences. And as long as you live, God will keep revealing your purpose as his disciple in each new season. And some purposes you'll live better than others, but in all of them, if you listen to him, you will continue to learn and to grow. So for those of you who are now in the season of retirement, as you look back through your life, can you see that? Do you see how the Lord has had different purposes for you in your life throughout the years? Well, I'm here to tell you that is still true for you right now. This change of season brings a real opportunity for revisiting those life-defining questions of purpose with the Lord. Who am I now? What is my purpose? Who will I become? But this time around, the focus is not on what you're supposed to produce It's on God's purpose seeing the bigger picture for you and for those in your life for eternity in which your experience, your mind, your voice, your prayers can bring a real deep blessing to the world. It's a season where God is inviting you to explore these deeper questions in a new way with him. And in your adolescent years, it takes some work to sort out what to do with your life. It takes some trial and error. It takes trying things and seeing if they're the right fit. And the same is true in this season, as you pivot from productivity to purpose. Any big life change, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, a change of location, they all lead to times where you need some healing space because it takes some time to grieve an end of a season or to celebrate the end of it, if that's how you feel, or bits of both. It takes time to disengage and sift through and sort out what is you and what was the job or the relationship or the place. And it's good to intentionally take the time you need to rest and reset, but then the Lord calls you to reengage, to step into things no longer because you have to do them, but because you know your hands, your time, your encouragement, your love will make a kingdom difference for others through them. The generation of the baby boomers is now moving solidly into the retirement years, bringing with them a huge block of life experience, talent, experience, and wisdom. The greatest resource to the kingdom are people who have something of themselves to give to an eternal purpose. And if you know Jesus, you know the biggest investment possible is in the lives of people. Case in point, the clearest reference to a retirement season that I know of in the Bible is in Numbers 8, where God instructs that at age 50, the Levites are to stop doing the physical work of the temple. Why? Because that very physical, messy work is no longer the best way to utilize the gifts of the most experienced. Now they are to move into a new position to assist, teach, lead, encourage, and pass on what they've learned to help see it done through new hands. They're not being asked to remove themselves from the community, but to intentionally transition into using their experience to enrich it, to help it continue to the next generation. There is a purpose for every season under heaven. There is a reason why, after dying on the cross for our sins, after rising from the dead to resurrection life, Jesus set his disciples on alert to receive what was coming next for them, the empowering of the Holy Spirit into each and every one of us. There's a reason why, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit flooded into the apostles, that Peter recognized this moment as the fulfillment of an ancient prophecy from the book of Joel in Acts 2.17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Young men see visions. Old men dream dreams. Both men and women receive the Spirit's power. So what does that mean for us as an intergenerational community? Well, I don't think this is saying that God won't speak to young people in dreams or older people in visions. I think it's saying more about the purpose of God's communication to us and how we lean into his purpose in different seasons. For example, in the Gospels, a young man named Joseph is instructed by God in his dreams to take some pretty drastic actions, to take Mary as his wife, to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt, and then to move them back again to Nazareth. In his dreams, he is given a vision of where and when and how to cooperate with God's purposes through his own life. Joseph sees what God wants him to do, and he acts. Young men see visions. Vision is what it takes to follow God into action. But there's also a very powerful purpose and need for those who have the ability to dream and articulate God's dreams. In Luke 2, after Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple to be consecrated to the Lord, as the Torah instructed, like any other couple, but they were not like any other couple. They had to be filled with all kinds of questions. Is this really happening to us? Did God really call us to raise his Messiah? Mary and Joseph have been obedient to everything God has asked them to do. But it's through the older generations that God shows them where those actions fit into the bigger picture of his plan for the world. Before Jesus' birth, this was through the words of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, following his birth at the temple, this encouragement comes through two older prophets again. Again, one male and one female named Simeon and Anna. The Holy Spirit had told Simeon that before he died, he would see the Lord's Messiah. In Luke 2, 27, it says, Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, just in time, to see Mary and Joseph. And he took the eight-day-old Jesus into his arms, and he proclaimed that in seeing him, his eyes had now seen the salvation that God had promised, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of God's people, Israel. So God's Messiah is sent to be both the glory of God's people, Israel, who had known God first, and to reveal who God is to and for all the people of the world. And after he finishes speaking what God had shown him about Jesus, in verse 38, an 84-year-old prophetess named Anna steps up as well. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, these things they are given to speak and to share were not visions of things they were supposed to do. They were not things that Joseph or Mary were supposed to do. They were sharing God's dream, the dream he had revealed to them of what was to come, which was all about what he would do to speak, to share what God had shown them. In dreaming his dreams, they were encouraging those who were following the step-by-step vision God had given them to encourage them that they could trust him for what was bigger than what they could accomplish or even imagine. Simeon and Anna, they see future and the present of what God is doing and will do. And in speaking that dream, they encourage other generations to trust him. In the wisdom and discernment that comes from a life lived, they speak of what we can trust and know, not about what we do, but about what God does. The second half is not about achieving, it's about imparting. It's about dreaming God's dream and knowing that you're a part of it and what he wants to unfold for the world through you, to be a vessel through which he will impart who he is to others. The second half is not about creating for yourself. It's about discovering what yourself, given to the Lord, can create for the blessing of the world. And that's not to say that dreaming a dream from God isn't also going to lead to vision and action. It certainly may. But the intention is no longer that action begin and end with you. Dreaming the dream of God's beautiful love for the world leads us to love the world from where we are out of the gifts that we have been given. And it's a spiritual quest. It takes the Holy Spirit's work in you because your purpose, what God wants to do through your life, will not look like what he wants to do through mine. And that's the beauty of it. And for some of you, this kind of transition is really hard because you are used to moving on vision. You're used to that season of life where you see and you do without even really having the bigger understanding of why, because who has time for that (laughs) when you're busy doing In the first half of life, if there's an idol that we can fall into worshiping, it's usually the idol of our achievement and our accomplishment because we build our value on those things. But eventually those idols will fall. And that's when we need to hear what's bigger than all of us, the why of all this matters that's rooted not in anything that we do, but what God has done and is doing. So is God inviting you into a season of discerning this right now in your life? Is he inviting you to become a dreamer of his dreams so you might impart the vision of his grace to encourage those who are receiving his vision? Is he inviting you to use your time and your gifts in a new way in this season? Maybe he's inviting you into a hands-on way to see a difference through your actions. Maybe it's in a mentoring way to impart encouragement and wisdom. And if this is your season... Just like in adolescence, before you commit to one course, try a bunch of things out. Pray without ceasing. Ask the Lord, how do you want me to use the gift of these years to dream your dream and to speak it into being, to encourage those who are yet to see it? There are so many ways you can use those gifts to serve and bless right here through Fair for All or the Food Shelf or Global Health or Quilters or Knitters or Study Buddies with Magnuson or funeral servers, kitchen helpers, council members, core team members, prayer team members, small group leaders, circle leaders, women's and men's groups here that pray and serve and study maybe through things that we haven't even thought of. If you're in this kind of season, I invite you to approach it with intentionality to ask the Lord to show you the gifts, talents, and passions that he's placed in you that he wants you to share at such a time As this, And if you'd like a place to start, there are a bunch of resources at the front desk you can borrow and read if you'd like to start to discern the purpose that God has for you in this season. And that being said, I also know that there are many of you who are not in that season now, many of you for which life and heart space are hard to come by, whose lives are filled with more action than you can possibly handle, one sleep-deprived moment to the other, And if that is you, please know that the Lord is speaking to you too. As you listen to him, he shows you in visions where to put your feet one step at a time. Go to Egypt, go home, speak to this person, go to bed. (laughs) Leading you one seemingly small step at a time. And you have to know this might not be the season where you're going to see how it all fits into the big picture. This might be the season where you need the encouragement of an Anna or a Simeon or a Zachariah, an Elizabeth to remind you that you too are being held in a bigger embrace of God's loving purpose. But wherever you are, in whatever season, know that not every season is going to be like this one. The challenges, the hurts, the pains, the insecurities of this season, they too shall pass for new ones. <laughs> As long as there is life, there are going to be those things. But the holy three-in-one calls us to hear his voice, to know the eternal strength of the Father for you, the loving compassion of the Son for you, the guiding presence of the Holy Spirit for you in each and every season. So, beloved, may you see his visions. May you dream his dreams until the day you see those dreams as reality on earth as it is in heaven. Because what the world, what people need today are dreamers who can see this world through the eyes of the one who gave his life for it, whose love makes all things, even us, new until the day we all see the new creation with him. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are with us in every season of this life, that you have purpose for us in every season. And we pray, Lord, that you would show us, that you would teach us, that you would lead us every new season to deepen our discipleship to you. Lord, we pray that you would give us open hearts to see how you might want to speak something new to us that we haven't seen before about our relationship with you, about our purpose in this world, about our relationship with others. That you are constantly moving, that you are constantly blessing. And that you call us, Lord, to be constantly growing until the day we come home to you. So Lord, we pray that you would refresh us and renew us in whatever season we're in right now, Lord, to trust in you and to follow where you lead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.